Well, hello to all the brother and sister-in-laws out there, and of course... You can't forget about the baby mamas holding it down. Producing that liquid courage upstairs. Before we dive into today's shenanigans with the Mac Attack, a.k.a. Herf Life, the Mac here for today's episode is brought to you by Revo Sunglasses. Nice. The go-to brand for premium eyewear seamlessly blending style and performance. Whether you're hitting the slopes, exploring the trails, or just soaking up the sun, Revo has got you covered with their cutting-edge polarized NASA lens technology that offers unparalleled clarity and protection. As we enter the new year, explore their winter collection featuring cutting-edge goggles for your upcoming ski or snowboarding adventures. If you find yourself spending most hours at the computer throughout the week, can't forget about their cutting-edge Revo Clear Lens technology readers that filters the most harmful rays of blue lights from digital screens to reduce eye strain. Visit www.revo.com or click the link in the episode description to discover exclusive deals on their winter collection. That's www.revo.com and don't forget to use our promo code man to man 20 at the checkout for 20% off. That's M-A-N-T-O-M-A-N-2-0 for 20% off at the checkout. Trust us, your eyes will thank you later. My eyes thank me right now. UFC superstar Jorge Game Brad Masvidal, dude. What's going on, baby? What's up, everybody? Today we're switching things up and talking man to woman. Please welcome, please welcome on the show singer, songwriter, social media star Lauren Gray. Um, you know you like the DJ. I am okay. <laughs> Mac attack, Herf life. <laughs> wow, who would have thought, dude? Welcome to the studio, baby. How we feeling? Feeling great, man. You said I, you didn't get any sleep last night, though, right? I didn't sleep very well, but you know it is what it is. I said good. You're sleeping? Sleep. Are you sleeping I'm good? I'm sleeping very well uh-huh. every night, my guy. No. What's the trick? Go to bed early. That's my trick. Welcome to the studio. How I mean, what, what's going on with the sleeping problems? Let's just start there. Mac Attack, Herf Life, Mac Hereford in the, in, the, in the building. What's going on with the sleeping problems, dude? Because I can't sleep either. Man, I don't know. Anxiety, stress. What you, man, what you anxious know. about, dude? Just different things, man. Tell different us. Things, what, give us give us one thing. Is it like the New Year thing, like New Year's resolutions we talked about a little bit? Everyone's putting a lot of pressure on themselves, or you just got a bunch of things that are in your mind right now in the next couple of weeks? Just a bunch of things in my mind. I'm not necessarily a huge uh, New Year's resolution guy. Same thing as like when it comes to like whether it's drinking, whether it's like whatever. I'm not a guy who's like, I got to stop doing this or start, you know what I'm saying? I have a pretty good consistent routine working out. You know, I don't really drink that much, go out occasionally. Um, but my sleep may improve. I'm going to give a little shout out. I'm actually wearing the hat right now from this guy. Shout him out, dude. I met, I met recently Todd Anderson. Uh, he has a company called Dream Recovery. Nice. And uh, I'm going to try out something new. It's called Sleep Tape. You put it over your mouth. Have you seen that? I've seen it. I've yeah. seen that, and I, I don't I know would, if I could do that though, bro. Because I like to like be able to breathe sometimes. Yeah, but I, you, can breathe you are breathing. Dude, you aren't sleeping. Yeah, but breathing. I feel like I when I, I wake up sometimes and I'm like heavy breathing sometimes, like a, like trying to catch your breath right when you wake up. Sometimes I feel like that would just you got heart problems. 
<laughs> we can go straight to heart problems. I got heart problems. Bro. No, so I, got, I feel yeah. like that would be hard. But yeah, I mean, so if it works, it, it works. Or no? I was gonna try it last night, but I just I was like just rolling and moving, yeah. and it just felt a little bit different. But I'm definitely gonna try it. I don't know the science, but look, they're telling me it helps you sleep. I've heard about it helping you sleep. Yeah. Todd knows what he's talking about, so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try this thing called sleep tape out. Slap that bad boy on, and yeah. You know, hopefully it'll help me sleep a little bit better. That's uh, uh, during the holidays, right before Christmas. Uh, my mom took me to shout out to the Madre. Took me to what's it called, at home or whatever. And we were looking at sheets, and she was like, "Get the twelve hundred thread count." Has anybody heard of this? You, I've I, never heard of this. I have no a, idea. The higher thread count that you have as a sheet, I guess it's the <laughs> the more comforting it is, dude. And you, I mean. Okay, yes, homo, I guess. You hopped in the bed when I wasn't in it, but you said it was nice. Yeah, you can definitely tell the difference when you got good sheets on there. Um, you got uh, the firm pillows, though, right? That yeah, helps. I like you got that. firm pillows? I've got like one pillow. It's like a gel pillow, and then I have just regular pillows, little cushy ones. Like I use a lot of pillows. I'm like covered by pillows every night. You know? Can't do them, dude. I got two king pillows in here on a full-size bed, and that's all I got, and it, and it works pretty well. I'm not sleeping well, but I this week I did start to take uh, melatonin. I'm popping them like candy, bro, and like I've heard like melatonin is like not good for you, but I I, I need to get athletic in my dreams. But when I do dream, I'm thinking of some dark arts, bro, for sure. Like I, I need to wake up. I you even just have, you just have dark thoughts on your dreams I got anyway. Super dark thoughts, really. Yeah. And you have a lot of dreams still. I don't. I oh, yeah. rarely dream anymore. I was gonna say I I couldn't tell you last time I remembered a dream. Like start it's to finish. A, that, that, it happens. Matt just like said he doesn't dream. That is like not a creative person to me. You got to be creative when you're awake to have these these dark. I'm, arts think, at I'm night. thinking while I'm awake, not yeah, when I sleep. Mine aren't usually dark. If I do have them, they're pretty good dreams. You like dark, yeah. dude? No, you no, like no, horror no. movies I, I and stuff? I don't like dark. Mm. But if you're having dark dreams and they're freaking you out, my dad always used to tell me this thing, and it actually worked. I don't remember the last time I've had a legit nightmare. Uh-huh. But he would always tell me he would be like, like when I was younger. There's a vivid dream I could remember in my house. Like I can still remember this one dream to this day where I'd be at my room, had a little window, and then there's our driveway up the street. And I would have this weird – I got a skeleton set, I think. Like, you know, like one of those things you build a skeleton. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I got one or if I just thought about it, but it's Halloween. Happened around Halloween time all the time. But we had the ice cream truck come by our house, you know, when I was growing up. And this dream was the weirdest dream ever. It's it's an ice cream truck, and you hear like the na 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 and I like look out the window and it feels like I like it's in my the crazy thing the dreams that are crazy are the ones that like it's say where you're asleep in this room that you're dreaming about being in this room Mm -hmm. and so I was in my room and I would dream of hearing the ice cream truck come up middle of the night and I would look and there'd be like a skeleton guy you know the movie Halloween how they have the skeleton bus driver yeah exactly like that I'd see the skeleton guy and I'd be like holy crap you know I got to get out of here and then he would like get closer and closer and then I'd wake up and then I had some other dreams that were pretty bad and all in all to say, my dad used to tell me, he's like, Mac, if you're having bad dreams, the thing you got to do is you got to fight in your dreams. You got to fight. And so I'd always be running and I'd feel like I'm slow. You know, you feel like you're molasses in your dreams, like you're yeah. glued to the ground. You can't run as fast, whatever. I had dreams being under a table and a ghost is attacking the town and I'm See? supposed to be the hero. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And it was good for me because I was trying to be the hero and, and you know, the dream. And if I, if I could do that, then, you know, in real life, I could conquer some stuff. But I did what my dad said. I remember a villain in my dreams, like a, in my nightmares, and I just fought. I just turned around. I faced the nightmare uh, face on, and then I didn't really have nightmares ever again. 
That sounds like this is Sparta shit, dude. That was like me. I, I I I don't know if I'm necessarily the hero in my dreams because I even woke up and had like a bunch of scratches on my back, dude. You saw that a couple weeks ago, yeah. and it's definitely like not the cat scratching my back at night, dude. I think I'm getting. I think I'm actually getting touched at night, dude. So I don't know. It might what be TMI, but like it, it might God. be the skeleton, bro, that's touching me, dude. Well, uh, welcome into the studio. I guess just for more context, dude. Uh, and and I guess I, you know, hopefully you get more sleep. Let me know how it is, you know, get get the firm pillows and everything else. Thanks, uh, welcome into the studio for a little bit of context. Mac and I met each other, I believe, in 2021. Uh, we worked together at a digital marketing agency here in Nashville called Get Engaged. Um, you were kind of on it. You were just like an independent contractor for them, right? So I was like a part-time, like, uh, so I knew Cam. Obviously, yeah. you know Cam, good buddy. Uh, and uh, they were just getting started in, in Nashville, and it would be a fun opportunity, and you know, he wanted me to be a part of it. I wanted to be a part of it as well. And mm-hmm. he let me have the opportunity to kind of work with getting engaged. And so it was like kind of a, it was almost like a contractor thing, but it was part-time. So a certain time, a certain amount of times a month when needed, I would have to go out and help out with different shoots, different things, activations that Get Engaged was doing. And it's great experience, a lot of fun, good time, especially because of meeting you. It was nice. Yeah, that was nice, man. I was glad to shake your hand for sure. Um, that was inter- That was an interesting field for me too, because that was the first time that I actually was doing I guess like I don't know brainstorming like marketing and actually controlling like other social media brands. So it yeah. was all just kind of new to me. And then going into shoots and uh, getting free tzatzikis, dude. They just hooked me up with like a two hundred fifty dollars gift card. I was like, hey, you guys need some contest? Like, not. I walked in with a pumpkin on my head. And they're like, dude, this guy's got to get out, dude. Uh, but I was there for yeah about a year, and then I think you left a little bit before me. And kind of you are doing your thing now. So. I mean, you are, we don't even, we like to timeline it up on our podcast. So I know you probably talked about your story and, you know, big Alabama guy and social media influencer, but just quickly, like what was life growing up for you? And then kind of lead us into like how you got a ton of followers. Is it from Alabama? Is it from just meeting people in Alabama and branching out? You, I'm going to just give you the floor and you kind of just rip it, dude. Yeah. I mean, life growing up was unbelievable. I, I think like one of my biggest goals or dreams or aspirations is to create and have a family that was similar to the the lifestyle that I grew up in, you know, have great parents, uh, great mentors to me, you know, my heroes, and then have a lot of siblings. You know, I'm one of, uh, we have now it's six of us. So we have like a kind of adopted brother, long story there, but, uh, I call him kind of adopted. I mean, he's my, I call him my brother. I call him my brother. He's not officially adopted, but he's, he's family. He's my brother. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's, it's five boys, one girl. Um, and then my parents, um, but growing up, it was just, uh, it was five kids and my sister's the oldest grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, always a Tide fan, loved the Tide, ended up, um, going to boarding school in high school, uh, by choice, not like a bad boarding school. And, um, they're continuing to follow the dream of playing for the Crimson Tide and, uh, you know, just loved boarding school, loved getting to meet like as many different people from all over the world and connecting with different people, building relationships to where then I went to Alabama and again, long story short there, uh, just, I always loved Alabama. You know, I went to the camps, I went to coach Saban's first camp he ever had in 2007. Um, and I just, you know, loved my time there, wanted to show my experience because if there's something you've worked your whole entire life for, you know, it's like the, the pinnacle, the thing, the top of the mountain for you per se, that was the top of the mountain for me when I was younger, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? When I was like really young, I was like Alabama football player. It wasn't mm-hmm. the NFL. It wasn't like, you know, firefighter, rapper, whatever it was. It yeah. was Alabama football player. So I got there and and I, people sometimes give me heck about it. Like, dude, you talk about it way too much. It's like, 
man, if you had a dream that you chased for year after year after year after year after year after year, Mm -hmm. and you put in all this hard work and time and effort and energy into, you're going to be proud of it too. Um, And it was an unbelievable experience. It was surreal when I was there. So I went to Alabama and that definitely helped give me a platform, you know, with social media um, and just great relationships that I'm so thankful for and grateful for. Uh, to whereas moved to Nashville, got my master's at Vanderbilt in marketing, mm-hmm. a one-year accelerated program uh, at the Owen the school, the Owen School, mm-hmm. Owen Graduate School at Vandy, which is a great school. Um, and then stayed in Nashville, worked a little bit with Get Engaged, still do some stuff with them here and there. Cam's a buddy of mine. I saw you at Tzatziki's not too long ago. Yeah, I was, I was a little, little Tzatziki's <laughs> action with Colin, one of our yeah. buddies. Uh, but yeah, so now it's just. I kind of do, I like to do independent contractor type work or, you know, put a retainer, get a retainer with a company, work for them for a little period of time mm-hmm. um, on one side. So I have the business bucket and then the social media content creation bucket, not your like typical, you know, people say like influencer content creator, whatever, definitely not your typical one of those. It's not really like I, when people approach me, I don't like, I almost like people not knowing exactly what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a little bit of mystery to it. Yeah. So, Yeah. And then I'm here now on this podcast, ripping it with you guys. So. I fucking love it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I know. It's just interesting, too, because it kind of sounds like, I mean, Liam and I are from Nashville. We went to all the Lipscomb basketball camps. We went all to, we went to all the Vanderbilt basketball camps, watching Tennessee game. Only school I could get into. Can't get into Vandy, dude, you know, but that would have been a dream for me. I think a lot of people don't uh, realize that you did go to Vanderbilt after you went to more, you went for more schooling after Alabama. What was life? exactly like growing up um next to like uh, having a ton of siblings and then why the the move to a boarding school what was the thought process like that right there yeah i mean growing up with a ton of siblings look i want to have a lot of kids you know i want to have a big family uh when i am at the age of being a parent that's one of the things i I really want and the reason is because i absolutely love my childhood Mm -hmm. you know i love the way of getting to go out in the backyard i wanted to throw the football i didn't have to go invite a friend over to throw the football i've got three other brothers that I can go ask to come yeah. throw the football, you know, playing basketball. We could play two V two. We could, it was tussling, wrestling. Like, you know, I'm the youngest. So it was, um, it was always fun. We got two twin, we got twins. So I'm the youngest, we got mm-hmm. twins and then my brother and then my sister at the time when I was younger. And it was just incredible. It's a ton of fun to have that environment, you know, surrounded by the boys. You're constantly yeah. with the boys. And is your, is your sister kind of in sports or is she kind of feeling a little no, left out doing her own thing? My or sister what? is kind of, it was kind of a girly, a girl's girl, but she is an athlete, which mm-hmm. is like funny enough. You know, she ran a college track um, and or college cross country. Um, and so she's an athlete, but was always kind of a girl's girl and kind of like, you know, the boy, it was the boys and she's the oldest, you know, like she's mm. the, the um, but it was always fun because she, you know, it was incredible and it was good dynamic in the family to obviously have an older sister. Um, and we were all very close. And Everyone. did you all go to boarding school together or was so it So just- my uh, oldest brother, when I was younger, I'll go back to the time that I was in like first or second or no, maybe it was like fifth grade. I, I can't remember what grade it was. I was in elementary school at the time. My oldest brother, who was a huge mama's boy growing up, randomly decides, I, I don't know where it came from, that he wanted to go to a boarding school. Mm. I guess to say I don't know where it came from, a little bit, of, I guess he, so we all played competitive tennis growing up. He was the best out of all the boys. That's so where the was, pickleball comes into play. Huh? <laughs> yeah, mm. he, was a, he was a filthy tennis player, um, and he would go to these camps in summer or whatever, and, you know, he was getting like, I guess a boarding school reached out to him and was like, we want you to come play here. And he looked at some of the options, talked to some of the coaches, ended up wanting to go to the school called Woodbury Forest, um, and so he ended up going and playing tennis there and leaving. And it was like, holy cow. Like, I like remember crying that day, like my brother, you know, cause there's me, 
and then there's the twins, and then there's my older brother, Billy. And so he would always call me Padawan, you know, like uh, he was the Jedi master. I was his Padawan. And so I called him when I was growing up. I called him Bibi because I couldn't say Billy when I was really, really little. So his nickname was Bibi. Uh, and I would just like the twins would be gaining up on me. We'd be wrestling. And I would call. I'd be like, Bibi, like Billy, please help, help, help. They would be like bringing me down to the ground. I'd be like trying to take them. And then he would come in there and rescue me every yeah, single yeah, yeah. time. You know, we grew up. Uh, he was a hero in real life, huh? Yep, he yeah. was the hero. And uh, we grew up. So when he left, it was it was really crazy for me. It was hard because absolutely we were so close. You know, when we in the first house I lived in, we all so I shared a room with my brother Billy, and then the twins shared a room. Um, but Billy and I shared a room, and we always, when we were younger, listened to Pokemon, mm. the song. Every single night, we had the little CD player, you know, plug in the CD. I think it was the only goddamn song we had on that CD player. <laughs> we played every night before we go to bed. We were in bunk beds, and it'd be like, Pokemon, you gotta yeah, catch them all. all. Go. You know what I'm saying? So uh, he ended up going to boarding school and ended up just absolutely loving it, having a great time. And then another brother, the twins, got an opportunity to go to boarding school. Both of them were very, very smart. They're geniuses, but also great athletes. And uh, what's crazy enough, my mom made them, they, they did everything together. So the twins were like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they would go to birthday parties together. They would host birthday, birthday parties together. They were always one. They're not identical, uh, but they're just always together. When yeah. someone invited one of them, they invited both of them. Right. Uh, and it was crazy. My mom, when they were making the decision, thought that it would be best, which I applaud her for it because it's got to be hard. Your mother and you're looking at these, you know, the twins that are super close, but made them decide on their own. She took them into different rooms and mm-hmm. said, y'all got to decide without each other. One of them decided to stay and one of them decided to go. Damn. Um, so wild, wild stuff. But uh, they ended, one of them ended up going and then it was time where, you know, it, it didn't really ever feel like I would ever entertain that. I loved home, loved being around my family, loved just Birmingham, loved Mountain Brook, the area that we were in. And just absolutely loved everything that was going on. Um, but it came time where there was a point where I could decide whether I wanted to go. I could, I had an opportunity and got into the school, you know, went up there to see my brother throughout the year, uh, then brothers. And the option came, the first deadline comes around, no answer from me. You know, I don't, I don't make a decision. And then the late deadline comes around. And I remember I was in ninth grade at the time and I had to really decide, I was like, do I really want to do this? You know, I had, things were awesome at home and I was blessed and and privileged to be able to live the way I was getting to live. But I wrote down on a piece of paper, prayed about it. It was like pros and cons is what someone told me to do. And just the pros of going, it was more of a challenge and it was more, it was something different. And I always loved to challenge myself. So, and like do something different. And I remember walking downstairs on the day of the late deadline and having no, I just woke up out of bed, just walked downstairs. And I said, I'm going to be a tiger, which was their mascot. Nice. And I was like, holy crap. I just said that I'm going to, and I was, I was like, I, I got to go. Now, like what, what is this school like? Is it like an NBA in Nashville? If you had to compare it or like a Macaulay, is it Macaulay it's like, a, a it's very school? similar to Macaulay. Yeah. It's a boys, an all boys boarding school in Virginia. Um, a lot of great sports programs. A lot of guys are going to play division one sports. Um, you know, it's like a, it's like college, but in high school, right. Uh, more opportunities, I would say. Um, and then you're getting to meet people from all over the world. Some of my best friends in high school from South Africa, you know, from China, from Korea, like wherever it may be, it's people from all over the world who've made it here. And that's the cool thing about it. It's like, wow. Um, and then, and the thing I liked about it too was, you know, at regular public school where I was at originally, everyone, it's always like, you know, who's getting the most girls, who's doing this, who's like, there's the cool group, there's this group. It Woodbury, there was, there was niches, but 
the kind of hierarchy was based on like a lot of people wanted to be the smartest guy in school. You wanted to have like academic accolades. You wanted to be the top athlete. Like when you take girls out of the picture and we saw girls, you know, we had mixers and stuff and like you can go home, you can go out of town on the weekends, whatever. You guys had like the all girls school that you used to hang out with or no? There was a couple of them that were like our sister schools. Um, but all that to say, it was pretty nice because of the fact that you're in a classroom and, and you're not thinking about like, oh, you're not looking around, you know, at different girls and stuff. There's It limits a distraction. Uh, and especially for me, it was like, dang, this is a great way. If I really want to play college ball, you know, being in an environment like this is the perfect environment for me to be in. Uh, so that explains like a little bit about it. So, yeah, I would say it's similar to Macaulay. Um, great coaches. The coaches are all teachers for the most part, which is really cool because you're getting to be in the classroom with these guys and then they're coaching you on the field so you're building real relationships with these teachers they're investing real time into you um and want to be a part of your life and it's just a really awesome community to be a part of what about the the transition then from coming from that kind of environment then going to like an alabama that is known for kind of more of like a they're known for sports and stuff but also just what does that transition look like like is that's got to be a little bit of a shock a little bit after being yeah, I would say the, the biggest shock to me was going to boarding school originally. Like that changed from public school to boarding school. Being around my parents, waking up in the morning in my house, you know, I'm, I'm waking up in a bunk bed now mm-hmm. and, a, and a twin bed. And I'm, I'm getting up in the morning, early in the morning, and we have the lift. We have this structure, this schedule. It's like college. I remember the first time I was in uh, my bed at boarding school, we did orientation. And I remember my parents left. And that night I looked up, I was on the top bunk freshman year with a guy named Alex Schmidt-Fellner was below me. And I looked up at the top of the ceiling, and there was no air conditioning in the building. We had fans and, uh, you know, some stink bugs flying around in the room and stuff. And I'm like, holy shit, like, what have I gotten myself So into? that's what kind of prepared you. And then uh, another quick side question. Are you going to school there for football? Uh, it wasn't necessarily for football. I'd say my, the, one of the primary things was it was going to give me an opportunity to play at the Division One level um, or college level. It was going to do that better just because that was the focus is most people who took athletics there very seriously. The coaches, you know, were trying to get these guys recruited. Like back at home from the high school I went to, you know, we'd have a couple of guys go, like maybe three, two guys go to D1 FCS schools. Maybe we had like a D1 superstar. Um, but at Woodbury, it was like, I think I graduated with 16 guys who, who went Division One, you know, in football. I think there were like we had guys in track going Division One because they can sort of recruit – and so we had these, all these athletes from all over. And again, you, you're, you have access to a gym at all times. I mean, we're talking the weekends. I can walk to the gym and go work out. I can walk to the football field in the morning and go run routes. Uh, and so to your question, Liam, the transition from there to Alabama, it gave me a huge advantage, right. you know, because these guys who were coming in, I, I came in early with the class of 2016 or the class of Bama class of 2020, but the year of 2016, 2016 season guys, all the new recruits, everything, all the new signees, we all got there in the summer. Or most of us got there in the summer. All these guys are coming. This is their first time being away from home. This is their first time, you know, having to live without their parents. They're, they're traveling from all over. For me, oh, I'm, I'm back in Tuscaloosa where I grew up going to games. And also I'm used to this. So my confidence and comfortability being away from my parents just automatically gives me, it takes away a huge part of that freshman year summer where a lot of people are having to deal with like homesickness, a lot of people are having to deal with being on their own. I feel just at home, mm. you know, because I went to a boarding school for four years where I didn't see my parents as much, where I had to do my own thing. So the transition from that to Alabama was really a pretty smooth transition. 
I would say the biggest thing was just the level of intensity in the football locker room of the guys. Like in the classroom, the classroom was almost easier because of the way the boarding school prepped me. Yeah. But like on the football side of things, yeah, I mean, I was around talented guys in high school, but this was like every single guy is like a five-star, you know? Right. Um, so that was the biggest difference and just the level of training, the equipment that was available, the, you know, attention to detail in every single little aspect that was the biggest transition, I would say. But otherwise, besides that, it, it really made the high school to college transition really smooth. Do you, and then football side of being at Alabama, was that – obviously, that was kind of your dream. But is there something about knowing what Alabama was to maybe, the, I guess, the outside looking in? That's kind of the program you want to go to, like the top prestigious school. Was there anything that you noticed right off the bat stepping into that – kind of an environment that was like, now this is actually like an NFL factory or something like that, that was like really just like maybe not what you were expecting almost, but also like this is what's expected of me. Yeah, I would say going back to freshman year summer, we come in, I'm surrounded by these guys again. I was a preferred walk-on. Um, you know, wasn't like a high school star or anything. Like played on my high school team, but wasn't like a stud, you know. I uh, got there and surrounded by these guys. And I was pretty big for like a wide receiver, you know, undersized for a tight end. But we're in the we're in the summer workouts and, you know, it doesn't matter who these guys are. They could be the number one recruit in my class. They could be the five-star number one player in the whole entire freaking country. But I'm seeing them get it pushed just as hard as I am. I'm seeing them put to the same standard of excellence as every single player who's been there for four years. That was the biggest thing. And I remember specifically we're running stadiums that freshman year summer. And we're going up, you know, it was on Fridays we did stadiums in the summer for conditioning. And you had to run a certain amount of stadiums and whatever. It's after we already did some other conditioning. Everyone's hot, sweaty, it's it's you're tired, it's early in the morning. And we're going up and we're running the stadiums. And one guy who was a pretty superstar player in the class that I was in, new guy coming in, hurts his hamstring. And I see him like holding his hamstring. He's like, damn, he's like, ah, my hamstring. And I remember looking at him like, dang, like hopefully someone's going to get this guy out. And one of the coaches looks at him, one of the strength guys, and is like, keep going. Oh, keep no, moving. <laughs> keep going. And I'm like, what the hell? This guy's like hobbling up the stairs. He just keeps hobbling and hobbling and hobbling. And I'm like, okay, this is different level. This is another level. This is another place. This is the real deal. This is a factory. It's next man up. They take – now, to say that, they take really good care of us. They have the best training and equipment staff. But – it was the fact that, like, they broke you down to a level that you couldn't really comprehend and then they build you back up. Yeah. You know, if you go through that in, a, in a summer conditioning, Lord knows you're going to be prepared in a game. You I was know gonna what say, well, you also got to think, like, what what else is going to happen during the season? Like, yeah. this is kind of shitty to begin starting off with, but the rest of the season is going to probably be easier for that. Yeah. And it's like, all right, now was, I get what it. What was your first game like? First game that I played in or just first game going just to? Going or? into and suiting up. The first game I suited up freshman year was pretty – I mean, I, I tell this, it's just – it's hard to comprehend or, or even talk about. It's so surreal. So I remember going and seeing my jersey in the locker room and being like, wow, like there it is, you know? Like it's one thing. So it was a walk-on. You don't dress out all the time. And so it took a couple of games, I believe, until I dressed out. But I dressed out for this game and – I just remember seeing my jersey and, and other guys who were older walk-ons coming up to me and saying, man, like, congrats. Like, how does it feel? You know, they wanted to relive their moment again through me vicariously. And I was just 
I was I was in awe. My eyes were wide getting to run out there. We get to do the warm-ups and stuff. You know, that was like the game for me. I like, didn't miss a catch. I never got to play a lot in like high school basketball, but those warm-ups I put on for That's my city. I'm, I'm like, saying. I'm going to fucking make this layup, dude. That's what I'm going to touch saying, the backboard bro. on this layup. People don't get it. The warm-ups were lit. I was out <laughs> yeah. there. I was locked in. I'm not going to drop a pass. Yeah. A ball may be a little bit high. A ball yeah. may be like too far out of reach. I'm going to get a little bit more speed. But everyone's my- got the same energy, and you, you got to just be a part of that. Otherwise, you're just going to be left out. Exactly. Like you're not I, you're not supposed to be there if you're not. I warmed up in those games like I was gonna play. Yeah. I was like doing my head. I was like, you know, bobbing in the music. I was in the zone. I was there, you know what I'm saying? I'm ready to yeah, do yeah. this thing. <laughs> and uh catching all the balls and warm-ups, like, yeah, like good catch, bro. Like, all right, like we're working, like doing little drills and like catch, you know what I'm saying? Run it back to the coach, yeah. like getting a little swag, getting a little like groove, <laughs> moving groove swag. myself. Yeah, yeah. Baby. Uh so the first time I dressed out though was an unbelievable experience. And then I'd say the first time I got in a game was my sophomore year. That was absolutely like iconic to For, me. You remember the first three steps on the field, like oh shit. Oh, bro, I, I so I was on the sidelines and I it was senior na- it was senior uh, senior day. It was uh, you know, and I'm a sophomore, so I'm like okay, if, if we're up by a lot, you know, at Alabama, most schools they'll put the walk ons in and, and like in uh, you know like end of the game when they're winning a lot but alabama it's a different level you got to be stomping a team you got to be up a near 60 points to get in to put any not not even just like the walk-ons but like even scholarship guys who are like the threes or the is that twos. just because nick saban had this mentality of like we are going to play until the very last second as hard as we can and obviously you guys would play as hard as you can but with our best players out there on the field yeah, I think it's because he wanted to be able to see. He wanted the the best guys on the field all the the whole time, and he wanted to get the most out of them for as long as possible, yeah. and be able to. He was probably using it, knowing Coach Saban to prepare even more. It's like, okay, well, let's keep these guys in here because we can get more film for our guys. They can make more mistakes. We can correct more things, fix things. But it was always a thing. It was it was interesting because you look at guys like Coach Dabo Sweeney. You know, he's putting in walk ons, third string, whatever. If they're up by like twenty one, which is understandable and reasonable. But Coach Saban just wanted that level of dominance and wanted that level of the standard of everyone doing everything right the whole game. And so it was very hard to, you know, put in these other guys. But for me, so again, I'm, I'm thinking I'm a sophomore, senior day. I'm, I'm not – I'm the last person they're probably going to get in. Uh, at the time, I didn't really know the plays very well. You know, it was very that was a big transition as well. Like high school, I used to have a wrist script. And it would be like – we had a lot of plays in high school. We had like about 80 plays. And I'm just – I couldn't really comprehend playbooks very well. But what I would do is I would look at the plays and I would know what I did in high school. And I would go on the computer and type up in the smallest font possible, play one. I would say, go block the corner in front of you. I'd be like, play two, run poster out. And I had it all. So when they called the plays, I wanted to be confident. Because if you're not confident out there, you're, you're going to play slow. You're going to not mess things up. You're going to have anxiety. So in high school, that's what I did. I, like, I had like a little like, you know, I had the risk script that literally was customized for myself. And I would do it every night. And I would just, in the game, literally, one, post route, okay, yeah. go. You know, I'm, I'm, I know what I'm doing. So you get to college, playbook expands to just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of plays. I didn't know the plays very well at the time. I really hadn't gotten it. Now I know know the concepts really well, and I know how to really – I've really learned the plays thanks to a coach named Major Applewhite who was from Houston, came and been an analyst as well as Alex Mortensen, who was another coach that, you know, was like an analyst for the Tide. Uh, both of them really helped me understand it as well as some other guys. But uh, – so it's sophomore year, and senior day, I'm not thinking I'm getting in. My helmet's sitting on the sidelines. I was always like trying to hype up the sidelines, like cheering, you know, being loud and everything like that. And it's in like the thir- end of the third quarter. And again, I'm thinking in the third quarter, you know, nothing to, like, again, my helmet's away from me. And then I just get this, like, yelling, Hereford, 
Hereford. And I'm like smiling, just kind of like, yeah, we're here at the game. You know? I'm like, <laughs> you, you forgot you were on the side. I'm like, they're like, Hereford. I'm like, my God. I look over there, like, get your ass over here. I'm like, I like, I'm, I don't even know where my helmet is. So I go get my helmet. I throw that bad boy on. I get in the huddle, and they're like, you're going in. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm going in there. I'm going in. It felt like my Rudy moment. You know what I mean? So they call. I'm, I look at one of my buddies, Jonathan Rice, at the time, wide receiver. And I'm like, Jay Rice, you're going to have to tell me. Just say run or pass. Just tell me if it's a run or pass. I don't even know where to line up. And there was always a joke that I was one of these coaches uh, told me. So I run out. Well, I keep getting all over the place. I run out there to the field. And he's like, Jay, Jay Rice is like, run, play, run, play, whatever. Because they're only going to run really at this time. My splits, my wide receiver splits, again, I didn't have – I didn't really comprehend a lot of things early on and should have done a better job of doing it. I'm out to, like, the sideline with my split, you know, and I'm supposed to block, like, a safety. So, like, how am I supposed to do that out here? So, people joked about it. They've never seen that wide of splits. It was the most messed up splits, like, in college. Um, but I can remember running out there and just being, like, looking around, you know, hundreds of thousands of fans, and it's just like, wow. Yeah. And then the coolest thing was I'm looking around trying to soak it in, and it's like a dream. And you kind of like someone's knocking on a door in a dream, and then you kind of like wake out of the dream, and you see someone at the door yeah. knocking. I was hearing my name, Mac, Mac, Mac. And because I'm all in the moment, I turn around. It's my brother's best friends. They're all in the end zone. We're almost in our own end zone coming out. My brother's best friends sitting right here was like Griff Cooper, Henry Shook, uh, who else, Clint Smith, some of his other buddies all sitting here, Peter Lowe maybe. They are all just – tossed in the end zone (laughs) they're tossed screaming yelling you're like doing like beer up in the air i'm like how can i hear these guys right now how is it that my brother's best friends who are like older brothers to me are right here in the end zone and they're like yes i'm hearing them like i like look i'm like this is crazy and then i get there and i'm pretty sure i missed my first block which was embarrassing (laughs) that shouldn't happen and then like i like uh you know, I just kept on going in there. I was just trying to hit anyone and everyone I could see in my way. I was just, like, hitting people. Yeah. And I remember one of the guys being like, bro, chill. Like, like all the other team. I'm like, no, I can't chill right now. You don't understand. Did you ever get a catch then in a game? Or no. was it just the block and the split? Just the block. And I, so I played in another game, and I, I had some blocks. And a lot better blocking the next time I get, got in because I just – I knew – I learned the plays. After that, I got the plays. I went and grinded to learn the plays, learn the yeah. concepts, learn my splits. But never got a, an actual catch in a college game. Uh, the best, I guess, the the highlight of my career per se. The, there was like a highlight stats wise or playing wise is spring game uh, where Mac Jones was the quarterback. I was the starter on a spring game team. So we have, you know, Alabama has like thirty thousand maybe to spring game, forty thousand. I don't really know. There'll probably be a, a crap ton this year just because of the coaching change. But our team was playing Jalen Hurts' team, and I'm oh, out there. I'm I'm wow. starting for a team in the spring game at the University of Alabama, junior year. Like, it was pretty awesome. And the thing I loved about it was I prepared so much, so goddamn much that whole entire spring that it didn't – you would have thought, like, okay, a guy who's never really played, who's out there with all, like, the starters, because there was – I don't think any other walk-on. There may have been one other walk-on starting. That was probably it. Mm-hmm. I'm out there with all these starters and stuff, and there was not one bit of nervousness. Is that – what? why do you think that, that was? I just think that I, oh, I prepared my ass off. Like, I wanted this moment so bad, and there was a quote I always stuck to growing up, and I had it printed out in a picture frame, and it said, I will prepare, and someday my chance will come. Mm -hmm. Abraham Lincoln loved that quote, and I stuck to that. So I prepared so much. I wanted to learn the plays. I would be going after practice. I'd be working with Mac Jones, you know, on Saturdays. 
everything that I could possibly do to have confidence on that field, I did. And that was one of the best, like, that was one of those moments that it was like, wow, I'm, I'm really proud of myself because there's thousands of fans. I'm out here. You know, I'm, I'm a preferred walk-on playing with all these scholarship guys in this game. I'm starting in a spring game for Alabama. Mac Jones, a quarterback. I get the first first reception of the game. Oh, let's go. I get the first nice. reception of the game, and I like I'm like, wow, like I'm not nervous. I know what I'm supposed to do. You know, I've done this in practice. I've done this rehearsed in my head over and over and over again. And now I'm seeing it come to fruition. Like when people say nervousness, anxiety, whatever on the field and everything like that, like performance, like it's it's a true thing. But for some reason, I really didn't feel any of it. Because I was so locked in and knew what I needed to do. And I believed I could do it because I did it so much. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the moments I was really proud of myself. And, I, you know, I could have done things better in that game. But, like, it was just fun that I truly felt confidence the whole game. And I think I may have played the most snaps out of any receiver on my team. I was going to ask you a little bit about the – I guess, obviously, the big thing is Nick, Nick retiring. Kind of what's your take on that? And do you have any, like, maybe memories or – something that you kind of like have in your in your memory bank that is like that's my Nick Saban moment or my Nick Saban you know memory yeah so thoughts on the whole thing I got the news I was pretty shocked at first I didn't expect it to come where at this time I knew that it would come again I've told people I'm like I knew it would come someday everyone has to know it's going to end but when is that day going to come I didn't expect it to be after this season because I'm like Dang, I thought he would have gone out with a national championship win. And that's what I thought we were going to do this year. All in all to say, immediate thought was joy and happiness to have been able to be in play during that time that Coach Saban coached during. He's a GOAT. He's a legend. And then I'm happy for him. I'm super happy for him and his daughter and his wife and just getting to spend time with his family as a grandkid. Like, that's awesome. Like, I'm just like, I was so joyful in the fact of he had this unbelievable career and he's finally getting a chance to go live a little bit. You know, he's going to be in the office. He has an office still. He'll be a part of helping the team out. But just for him to get a chance to, like, breathe, you know. And, and I know he's going to be grinding and working like crazy because that's what he's used to. Um, but I, I was happy for him. And a lot of people were sad. I, I'm just happy. I think, like, again, like, we got to be appreciative. If you're an Alabama football fan, if you're a football fan in general, college football fan, you got to be thankful for what Coach Saban did at the game. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be a household name for the rest of our lives, you know. Um, and so – it was just – it was awesome. That's my thoughts on that part of it. And then on the new coach they bought in from Washington, you know, I, people ask me about that. What do you think? Like, oh, this was a bad hire. This was a good hire. I don't really know. Like, I don't know, but I'm not I'm not Greg Byrne. You know, I'm not the AD. I'm not the guy making the decision. Coach Saban helped make the decision. So that gives me confidence in it, or at least I uh, believe he was part of the process. Um, and Alabama's – he Coach Saban built this foundation. He, you know, it's not like he just – build something and it just goes away everything you built he, there's other guys in the building jeff allen who's the head athletic trainer probably one of the most unbelievable people i've ever met he's still there you know there's still people there's still things there so i think a lot of people are worried but i'm excited i'm excited for the future and to see the change and then when it comes to coach saban moment for me you know there's a lot of different moments um in my career i can go back to that were great coach saban moments um but i would say just Overall, you know, I, I know it'd probably be better to give like an, a detailed story. Um, I mean, there's the one, there's the one story I've told a couple of times where he chewed me out in one of the playoff games. The one time I went into his office and had like a meeting with him, I about like you know, 
that I guess that was my favorite because I was explaining to somebody, you know, you think of coach, you think of someone who you talk to every day, you're around him every day. I'm around Coach Haven every single day. He's speaking to us. He's a DB coach and also like helps out with, you know, everything. But he's with the DBs a lot during practice. I'm a wide receiver. We're going up against them. He's around us all day, every day. And you would think someone who's around you all day, every day, I could just be like, yo, what up, Andy? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're comfortable, you're whatever. The difference about Coach Saban was he was on a different level, a different wavelength, you know? I went into his office, and I can remember the first time I met with him just like one-on-one in his office. I come in that room, and I'm like, okay, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Like, you know, you could feel the presence. It was like a a bomb of like you walk Don't let me off the team. All I'm thinking, just let me be on this team still, (laughs) please. So he opens the door. It's like the the door just opens up, and you're like, there he is. You know, you see him every day. Why am I like, why is it different now? I don't know, but I walk in there and I meet with them. And we were talking about like leadership stuff and it was just wild. I don't even remember what he said that day, but <laughs> it was, you know, unbelievable just walking in there. Talking was he to trying him. to make you become a leader in the locker room? I was, or, I think I was pitching for myself on, you know, <laughs> wanting to be more, more of a leader on the team and a part of like the leadership committee or something like that. Cause I remember we had a meeting and he was like, if you think you should be on it and you're not on it, like come and talk to me. And I was yeah. like, it's kind of my opportunity to get a little yeah. meeting in here, you know, and, and pitch for myself. Like a little FaceTime, maybe a little kiss on the cheek. So, out there. so I went in there and it was, it was pretty awesome. And then I loved, uh, this is funny. You asked about moments, this is small moments, but we're one year. You know it's hard. You've got a coach. You've got a ton of ton of players on a team. You got coaches. You got you got staff. Everything. And sometimes you wonder. You know, I'm a walk on. Does Coach Saban even know my name? And it was like when we went to fall camp. I believe it was my sophomore year or junior year. We had this uh, church day where we all go to church together as a team. And I remember walking out of the the bus and I had an Alabama Crimson Tide tie on. And we're walking in and Coach Saban says, "I like your tie, Mac." And I was like. Wait, okay. You know, he knows my name. So that was a cool moment for me just knowing. And then I talked to Scott Cochran, the strength coach at the time, and he was like, dude, he knows everyone's name. He knows all y'all's names. He cares about all of y'all. He puts in a lot more work and and does a lot more than y'all ever think about. Because sometimes that's a worry when you're, you know, when someone's like, he's got this big team. He's got all these players to worry about. Yeah. And, and people make jokes about it, but he did know all of our names. It almost feels like you were just like one of his employees, but not (laughs) that wasn't the case. Yeah. Right? Um, but Coach Saban, legendary coach, goat. You know, I'm ex- like I said, I'm excited for him to get a chance to to breathe and to spend time with some family. And you know, I know his family's excited as well. Miss Terry's got to be excited yeah. to finally have some more time with her husband. There's and, a lot of coaching changes yep. this past week. A ton of them, yeah, a lot of coaching changes. But all in all, yeah, it was it was amazing, and I'm just grateful that I got to be a part of a you know. A small bit of the era that Coach Saban. As a had. Tennessee fan, we missed out on Michael Penix Jr. because he was a, a Knoxville commit. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about just inside the locker room because I think from what a lot of people have seen on social media, you were able to build this camaraderie with all of the guys that we see in the NFL now. Uh, how were you able to do that? And how quick were you able to do that inside the locker? Like, were you the only white guy, really, that was kind of just outgoing and had a, a really big personality? Or were you just... The guy just wanted to be around people and kind of, I don't know, you're talking about being a leader and just kind of lead these other guys that are actually on the field. Yeah, I I think one thing is I just love relationships. I love connecting with people. Um, you know, I think I that was, that was a lot due to my mom, the way she raised me and the way she is. You know, we have like 
just different people that I consider family because my mom is just that kind of person. She wants to bring in everyone and everyone. Like she's like the mom from the blind side. Like my mom just like loves housing people, helping them, like whatever. So just seeing her raise me that way and being around her when I was younger and seeing her treat people that like that definitely spurred me to just love relationships and love connecting with people. And then I can remember in high school, particularly football, we did things again, like college and high school. So we would come in, we had a fall camp in, in, in high school, like two a days. And we did something where it was like, why do you play? You know, and we went around the room and guys, I remember crying at mine, My it could be different every year. We had one guy, Nathaniel Tyrell in high school that told a story that was absolutely crazy. You know, he saw there was one of his best friends growing up on the block told him, you know, he always like asked him about his football games every single time he came back. And Nathaniel was our, was a star at our high school. You look up this guy's highlights, my God, you're watching like the guy scoring touchdowns every single time for like 30 minutes straight in his highlight tape. It's unbelievable. Look up Nathaniel Tyrell huddle. (laughs) You were going, it'll blow you on the huddle tape on the huddle tape. You look up, there's a video that he was on, like some top plays of the week. He broke nine tackles and I'll punt return (laughs) nine freaking tackles. This guy was him. Um, I'm I'm trying to get off the block. He played everything. (laughs) But so he was telling us this story that was crazy. Like, you know why he played. And and one of the big reasons was this kid, he, every single day, uh, Nathaniel would go play football, come back. And this other guy in the neighborhood was one of his best friends was asking about the games and everything. And one day he came back and he saw an ambulance and saw one of his best friends being taken out of structure. And I think he had his like eye like shot or something or like Mm. something with his eyeball. I forget. He, he, it was a very vivid memory. All that to say, people would get up there and say those kind of things. And so it built this like, gosh, I love football, you know, for a lot of reasons. But this is really the best, you know, this is the one of the best things about the sport of football. Mm-hmm. How I'm in a room and I'm connecting with these guys, the high school level who I wouldn't be having these conversations with most likely if it wasn't through football. So you get to you translate that to Alabama. I get in the locker room and immediately I just I felt a part of the team. But it's it's not to say it wasn't hard. Uh because there were some guys who talked crap about me. There's some guys who hated, didn't like me. You know, there were some guys who didn't like me. But I think over time they started to because I was consistent with what I did and, and the way I treated people. But I always liked just talking to people. And I was always, I'm a, like, genuineness is one of my number one things. Like, I just genuinely want to get to know who you are, why you play the sport of football. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because that, the, the reason I like that question, why do you play? I remember asking one of my best friends for life, Quentin Williams, I asked him, why do you play? You know, what, who do you play for? And I remember we were in a car and there's like this little area near Tuscaloosa. It's in Tuscaloosa. I think we were going to a GameStop or something. And he was telling me he plays for his mom. You know, he wants to be able to, his mom passed away when he was a younger, when he was a young kid. And a lot of it is because he wants to leave a legacy, be able to raise, have money to be able to give to, you know, cancer awareness and, and other things and like change the world. Like that stuff, I know him now. And so it was like that, like just me really caring about wanting to know different people in the locker room. And then it would turn out there's a lot of people who really like that and want to get to know you. And, you know, I just I consider myself a friendly guy and I can talk to just about anyone. So it, I guess that's what happened is I started just talking to people and, and people who, you know, realize like, look, Max, just a, a guy like, you guy. know, yeah. just a chill guy. He wants to he wants to get to know me and wants to, you know, that was my favorite part is like I really genuinely cared about each and every person in the locker room. Like it was family, like it was my brother. Uh, and so I'd say, I guess that's what propelled that. To, to have you got to, the entire locker room to do the Black Beatles trend, dude. 
So that was crazy. Did the, you uh, see that? I, uh, yeah, I saw the mannequin bit. challenge. So there was a guy. There was a social media guy. Love him. And this is horrible. I can't think of his name. Great guy uh, at Alabama. The Black Beatles trend's going on. Alabama is all business. We don't make funny videos. We're not doing all this other stuff. But I, I told that guy, I said, we got to do this. He's like, let's do it. And so we organize it. And I'm like, all right, you're going to film it. And we just tell everybody. And it circulates throughout the locker room. And then, bang, we have the Black Beatles. That was, fire. that was like another question, too. Like, you guys, it looks like you were so loose in the locker room. Does Nick Saban know you're being that loose? Or is there there's like a time to play and there's a time to come to work? But inside the locker room, you don't want to play that much? Or like, what's... What's the balance there? Did he know? Did he not know? Let him have fun. Let him breathe. Let him lose. Get loose with each other. You know, I think like when we're on the field and when we're in the facility, it's almost 100% business. Before practice in the locker room, kind of 100% business. But I think after practice, everyone's tired. You know, coaches aren't really in the locker room. Coach Saban's not in our locker room. Like, it's players. You know, it's all the players. The training staff has their little – like, so there's a door that goes to the training room. But then it's all the players, all the boys. You know what I'm saying? So I think that it was just an area where people felt comfortable after practice. It was the, you know, there's some things I wish. High school football, I don't know if there's anything where you have relationships like that to that level. And at college level, a lot of times people just locker room and leave. But there's a lot of people who love just the camaraderie and talking in the locker room. And and that. And so it wasn't like Coach Saban was ever like, I don't even know if he knew what we were doing in there. Yeah. But, like, people were just – it was fun to mess around, goof off, you know, like – People doing a little towel thing where you like yeah. tighten up the towel, whip people. Well, you always do. You slap on the back of the neck. Yeah, a little necks. Like... Get them wake. Make sure they're ready to play. <laughs> yeah. um, Liam it, played D three college too, so I imagine you've got some. You know. Yeah, some I mean, it's like there's a lot of just locker room stuff that I mean I love just about sports in general. Everybody, a lot of people don't know what goes on in locker rooms, and it's good to know that. You know, somebody, it's kind of the same all over the place. You know, even at Alabama, it sounds like it's the same at a Division three college, kind of just goofing off and kind of feeling good. And those are my guys, you know. Plan. These are my, my teammates, and we go out and grind every day type yeah. of thing. But now we can have some fun and whatever. Um, I kind of want to get into what you're doing now, too, because we know kind of Alabama and all that and your connections there. But what are you doing now? You got any other, like, projects coming up or like things you want to do um kind of visions or anything so um what i'm doing now i'm 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 right now like at this moment in doing the, a podcast right now yeah uh, yeah i mean that's like a podcast right right the second but um, this, um, this podcast has been long overdue <laughs> like two years overdue bro but nonetheless yeah. we appreciate you coming yeah. up it has been it has been um but yeah so Right, this the main priority for me exiting 2023, entering 2024, and the beginning of this year has been you know, I I got recommended a great book by a buddy of mine, and it's called The Elimination of Hurry, faith based book, awesome book. I I haven't read many books in my lifetime. I, I, you know, yeah, same, probably less than 20. I'm still on Shoe Dog, the Nike founder of two years ago. I think I'm on page 30, bro. But I did start to open up the Bible like last time. I'm reading there we Job. go. I'm reading Job. Talk dude. to me, Andy. Talk to me. Yeah, yeah. Genesis and Job got through. I'm reading like a Spark Note, uh, Spark Note, Spark Notes uh, Bible type of Bible right now. So all the aliens. I'm trying to get right with the Lord, dude. <laughs> you got to do, man. You got to get right with Jesus, man. You get right with the Lord. You get right with other things, man. That's how it works. Yeah. But uh, all that to say, I, I read that book. It's a faith-based book. Great book, and it really. 
I don't know. I've kind of been in an area where I've had some good, I've done some cool things, whether it be in the entrepreneurship business side of things uh, with marketing, whether it's working with a company and helping build their brand, help, helping build their social media or on the content side of having a partnership with Dick Sporting Goods and, you know, making money over there. So I'm, I'm in a good spot financially and, and, you know, that's nice. And so it's given me time to say, what are my main priorities? You know, and I always think about it. I'm like, I see people chase, 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 chase in life. That's all they're doing. It's just like they, they don't stop. And I, and I really, this, the end of 2023 and reading this book and just prayer and, and different things, I'm thinking to myself, like, what is it that I really need? You know, like, what do I really want? Because I'm sitting here and I'm like, I like my car. You know, I have a house over my head. I'm comfortable. Like, I have a great life. You know, like, I'm blessed. Not saying that I can't, there's not other things that I want that I would love to have, but I've really got almost everything I need. You know, I've got great family. I've got, you know, great friends, great community um, and relationships and, and just had very unique opportunities. So I'm, I was very thankful for that. But all that to say, a lot of people in this chasing aspect, I, I, I caught myself at one point like, you know, I've got to make this much money. I got to do this. I got to do this thing. I got to hit this achievement or whatever. And it's like, when does that, I've seen people who've made it, you know, places that I've never been, you know, they're making millions of dollars, making billions of dollars. And I'm sitting there and those people aren't happy. So what, what they, you know, they've worked so long and they say they, they're going to do this, but like, okay, I don't want to be like that. You know, I want to be, I want to be happy. That's the, the thing I care about. If you put, you know, like, all those stories, they have all these like little stories and stuff about a fisherman going out on a boat, fishing, coming back, whatever, simple life. Not saying I'm a minimalistic or anything. Like I have really nice stuff. Um, probably buy too much and eat out too much. But all that to say, I've really focused on the mental health side of things and just really like my faith and in really trying to build a foundation there in order to continue to move. Like it's not like I didn't believe, I believed in God growing up and everything, but I'm saying really want to get in a good foundation and really, you know, work on things with battling anxiety, battling different things so that I can have great relationships and things that matter so that if I lose a couple of dollars here and there on an investment, if I didn't have the things that I have, I would still be happy because it comes in here. So I'm all that to say, that's what I'm working on right now is the main thing for me is just being physically, mentally, and spiritually just at the top That's of my life. That's exactly level. what I said on the New Year's Eve pod. I was like, dude, because we've been chasing so much, you know, whether we want more money at your job, whether we're trying to make a lot of money off the podcast. It's like, dude, I stressed out a lot last year, and it's like, dude, I don't want to go down that road. I told him straight up, and I was like, you know what? It starts with your mental, so I've been getting, you know, in the gym, back in the gym after a three-month hiatus, and it starts with your mental, roll into everything, your physical, your spiritual, your faith, and things like that, so that's what I'm also working on as well. Let's go, fire Yeah, dude. So, but I'm curious about, like, I guess the social media side, I mean, you know, everyone's addicted to it, bro. We're always on our phones. I'm putting screen limits, like screen time limit on my phone. But like, yes, you have built a following and it does sound like it, it, it kind of came a lot from Alabama. Like, is that how you kind of built your following? Just real quick there. Yeah, I would say, I mean, it definitely, it definitely, Alabama helped a lot. Now, if you think about it, did everyone who go to Alabama have a big following? No. So there's, there's, there's another side of it where it's like, it was a combination of one, Alabama gave mm -hmm. me something. It gave me this legitimacy. It gave me a, a platform. But I was the one who had to utilize it and realize the power of being at Alabama. 
and, and kind of build it off of it. So it was a combination of, of a lot of like things that I've learned over time with marketing media yeah. um, and just being in Alabama. So yes, like I, th- I can't be grateful enough and, and indebted to like the University of Alabama. Yeah. And so then you're, you're kind of a guy here in Nashville that a lot of people know. And it's because, again, the kind of person that you are, you know, being a genuine guy. But how do you build those next level relationships with people maybe that have already some sort of popularity, status, whatnot? Yeah, I think that it's a good question. And it's oh it's good right there. hard to. Uh, are you good on there? Yeah, it just says low battery. Oh, shit. All right. Shit. No, you're good. You're low good. battery shit. Go ahead. Uh, good. More I'm always on low battery, dude. I'm drained up. Good. That was another thing, dude. We were talking about ins and outs real quick. Uh, or uh, things that we hate. Why are why do we still have chargers for like everything? Like, can everything just not be charged infinitely? Infinity, infinitely. Anyways, go ahead. Jeez, <laughs> always go charged ahead. up. Good. Uh, more time to get better. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, for real. So, uh, living in a state it, of melancholy. Yeah, relationships. I. That's a good question, you know, because I don't know. I don't think it's – I think, you know, people ask me that and they're like, hey, you know so-and-so or you know so-and-so. And they're like, how are you making these type of relationships? It's never really something where I'm like going out and saying, hey, I need to meet so-and-so or know so-and-so. I think it's a combination of one, just being genuine and really caring about people. But then two, the other part of it is you start surrounding yourself with, with people that are similar to you. They want to succeed or they're doing things, you know, and they want – to you know, have a have a good friend, and you just get into rooms, and, and people start to get to know you, and then that relationship forms. It's very natural, you know. It's not something that's forced. It's not like I go out with like relationships and, and be like, hey, I'm gonna try to make this relationship. It's just like, you know, if if you want to meet someone, shoot them a message, go meet them. You know, if if you want to meet someone and you're an opportunity to meet them, like that's the biggest one of the biggest things I would say is like it doesn't matter who someone is. Like people are like what like. At the end of the day, someone could be, you know, what you call a superstar. We're all people. We're all individuals. We're all creations, you know. So, like, why not? What makes you just different? You know, you got a heart. You got eyes. You hopefully and yeah. whatever. So, I would say that's that's the big thing is like just really caring about other people, and then. But not a lot of people like that would would really open up to say even for like us we'll have somebody on the podcast and it's kind of like that awkward thing that's like do I ask for his number like do we get each other's numbers or do we just like have like one of our ma- like McKenna to reach out to like their manager now like we're trying to figure out how do we exchange just contacts and be like friends you know like we just had you on an interview but like I don't think we're that cool yet you know, <laughs> you know? well that's another thing that we've learned like through podcasting is like that same story is kind of like. Knowing people and getting to know them, they're all kind of, we're all the same. Even if you are a very famous, real famous person or, you know, you do shows every night in front of a lot of people or whatever. At the end of the day, when you come in and ask them a question about what motivates you, it's all kind of the same of like, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, we're fortunate enough to have really good like people on in terms of like down to earth and not like too big headed. But at the same time, it's like those answers we get are kind of like, all the same if you kind of group I know, them in. Dude, and but like, I'm trying to go kick it with them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll answer I, I, that question. Yeah. I, I, I like, I, I like that, that question because it's a good question. I think there's <laughs> a lot of people in your same position, you know, you, you meet someone, you want to kick it with them. I think that like one, you do a good job. I mean, 
we're buddies and I think it, it happens one to be the kind of person. So, you know, the person you're interviewing, which Liam was referring to, but a lot of times you can kind of catch a vibe. Like, you know, when someone's really vibing with you, you know what I'm saying? You're like, yeah. with me. You know I like saying? the vibe, man. We, yeah. we always try to catch that vibe, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you got, the, the vibe. you got the vibe. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't happen though. I mean, yeah, it's, and that's just how, how it goes. I'm like, fuck dude, I didn't catch that vibe with him. I don't think, but that's okay. At least we came on the pod, you know? <laughs> See, it. that's. It's a hard. I can't really give. It's not like there's a, a an answer. Like the you know, it's not like a math equation. It's not like one plus one equals two. It's not like you you put in hard work and then you yeah. you get stronger in the weight room. It's a thing that's hard. I think it's just a learned um, skill. I would say that over time, being around so many different people. If you look at my life, like I was at a I really grew up in a really nice area, you know, but I also played AAU. And I was the only white guy on my team, you know. Sounds besides, like us in basketball, AAU growing up. Besides one other kid on my AAU team, you know, yeah, we played other, downtown Birmingham. That other kid was him. Me and him played. Yeah, yeah only yeah. two white kids. I fucking rode the bench, dude. I was like, when am I gonna play? <laughs> the last three seconds of the I game. Was the, I was the facilitator. Yeah. You know see? What I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> boom, I was boom, 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 boom. I don't know. Yeah, no. I, but yeah, I mean, but, we see with like Caleb Presley, like Theo Vaughn, like all these popular guys in Nashville. It's like, dude, that's cool because it's like I know Mac. Like, you know, <laughs> I wonder how he did that, and I'm sure a lot of people are like, how do you get in that little circle? How do you take that next level? Just again. Sounds like you just tried yeah. to create relationships organically. So, yeah, I would say, like, again, to talk about the thing that how I, it's a, I think it's a skill to be able to talk to people and talk to anybody. Like, I'm not saying I can talk to every single person. There's probably someone out there who makes me feel uncomfortable or something. But yeah. again, growing up in life, one of the biggest things was putting myself, like that AAU team, doing things that weren't the norm. Like, I was playing down at the Birmingham YMCA, and then it's like I played travel soccer. Sports really helped me because I'm in all these environments playing with people that were not just in my small community growing up. And then boarding school was a huge part of it, you know? And then it's, it's like one of my best – my best friend from boarding school lived in Jamaica, Queens, in New York. Went and stayed with him and his family. Like, saw how they live. Like, it's – I was put in these different situations, and I was never afraid to go into a room growing up. You know, it was never like – I'm too cool for these people or I'm too cool for this guy. You know, I wanted to be in the choir. I wanted to be friends with everybody in the choir. I was the guy who like, if there was a guy people would bully per se, I wanted to be friends with that guy. I don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I really just wanted to meet anyone and everyone because everyone is valuable. Everyone has something really cool about them. If you get to know them and, and get to like understand where they came from, their story, like you were talking about Liam, it makes you close all that to say, I think because of that, all through time, putting myself in different situations, sports, you know, whatever it may be, and just really going for it, trying to communicate with different people, gave me the ability to then feel comfortable to communicate with anyone. And so then it's like, I get in a room, you know, so it's, take for example, I had an opportunity. So say you have opportunity A, and you're involved in so-and-so, for example, Caleb, like I did some stuff with Barstool in college. Caleb and the guys are coming down. And this is when it was Caleb and Ferone the first time. They're coming down to, to Alabama. Well, I know they're coming down. I help out with Barstool stuff, Barstool, Alabama. So why don't I lend a hand, you know? Okay, I'm going to lend a hand. And then I'm, I remember we were in a car, and I was trying to – my car – one of the first times I was going to meet the guys and, and stuff, I was with one of these guys who's a viceroy, which is like an officially signed guy who's working for Barstool, Alabama. I never officially, like, was like a – was a helper. I don't know what all technically I can say about all that, but uh, yeah, worked that helped Barstool Alabama and shit. And so I was with one of the guys who's like an official, official guy for Barstool Alabama. I helped out with everything as well. My car broke down. I had to get my car. I had limited time to get either. I think like 
we were either meeting them at the facility or whatever. But I remember like my car, the car, and there's so, so much traffic. It's before game day. I get out of my car, my friend's car. I, I go stand in the middle of the road and Paul's traffic. And I'm like, come on. Like we're get. I, I was going to get there on time. All that to say, we get there and you know, how can I help? How can I be of assistance to you guys? Caleb, like what's up? You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't like, Hey Caleb, I didn't know who Caleb was. I think there's a, I think that the fact that I have like an ignorance, I guess is the word or like an unknowing of some people, um, is almost beneficial. You know, there's a lot of people that say you got to know everything about the area you're in, whether it's marketing, like I don't know a lot of hip hop artists. I don't know a lot of like country artists besides the ones I actually know. You know what I mean? That I've actually met. Like I don't like, I don't care about the names and stuff and I don't know all of them. So we don't know that information. I could walk into a room with Andy. You could be the president of the United States. That's a little bit, you know, president of the United States may be a little bit different, but you could be I'm saying too much soldier in law and shit, dude. I, I'm not, I'm not quit for you it. You could, no. you could be, you could be a billionaire or you could be a big actor. And I may be like, this guy looks familiar, but I don't know that stuff because I don't really care. I'm not a fan. You know, I'm not really a fan of anything except God. You know what I'm saying? Do you think like, that, though, with that said, though, like it does come with a social media following? I think that it, it like that's how you've been able to like have more opportunities than other people, right? I would say there's there, I would say that it has something to do with and that's it. what everybody cares about, like nowadays, too, dude, but which sucks. Cause like, that's what everyone looks at. Yeah. Right? I would say there's something with that, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's everything. Yeah. It depends on the right person. If someone's yeah. going to look at you for your social media following, yeah. is that the kind of person you want to be friends with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably You know what not. I'm saying? Um, all that to say, I think it's just something over time. I would say if people are trying to get better at, at being able to connect with other people and build relationships, you really got to look at it as how can I be the most like, how can I really get to know them and learn about them? And you you can't have any other initiative. Mm. It's got to be that you want to get to know that person for that person and nothing else. That's how you form real relationships. What do you think about the new Nashville with all these? Um, it just feels like a new Nashville to us. Does it feel like it to you? With everyone, you know, because there is like people moving here from Los Angeles that are musicians. And there are people that are now very popular in Nashville. And it feels like... You almost have to be connected in this circle to kind of stay relevant, especially for us being in like the inner, I don't know what you call this podcast industry, just but trying to just build social currency within our own circle. Do you feel like you have to, or you're already connected to it, but do you feel like you got to keep up with it? Mm, no. I, I don't know if I feel it as, I mean, I, I, I know it's newer Nashville, but y'all have lived here, so I think it's different. But I will say it's kind of like, again, back to the thing like, I'm not going to – I'm never going to approach someone for numbers. Yeah, are we know? just beating a dead horse here? Because he's, he's just going to say the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. I think it's a little – I appreciate it because it's like – I feel like a lot of people would look at somebody like that and be like, oh, I got to have this guy follow me on Instagram. Let's say – let's put like a jelly roll or like somebody that's really popular in Nashville now. It's like, oh, I got to get him with jelly roll. I got to get him with this guy. I got to get him with this guy to get into this door to create another opportunity. But sounds like for you, you're just a cool dude that people want to be friends with. And I, that's why we're friends. And then all that stuff will come organically afterward. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, a lot of it's like – I don't attribute – there's a one Bible verse like it was like uh, – Is it Job? No, it was not Job. Dude, Job was, <laughs> this guy's waiting for a Job quote. Dude, Job, was, Job verse. I just keep reading. He's getting um, rocked, dude. I'm like, dude, it's, it's all good. Dude. There's a, there's some Bible verse that talks about it's not it's you're not really doing the good things you've done. 
hasn't you I, I haven't done any of this alone you know it's like by yeah. the grace of god like that's why i've done anything i've done but I wouldn't say i'm just like a cool i just care i yeah. really care about people and when you really care about people people see that it's not it's not like you know it's not something you hide like if you really genuinely care and sometimes people don't see it and they don't give a crap they mm -hmm. want you to just get them into a door and yeah there is some of that that i've seen people want to know me and it's hard for me to decipher because again, when I look at it as just a genuine relationship, someone comes in and uh, they're like, I kind of get the vibe. They start texting me. They start asking me to bring them to certain stuff. They start wanting to be around me for certain stuff. Mm -hmm. But like, who can just kick it with me on a random night, you know, who wants yeah. to just chill and hang out? Like, I, there's a guy who's came from LA. I won't say his name or anything, but came from LA and was in this, you know, kind of LA content, celebrity, whatever, with all these people all the time. Comes to Nashville and we were talking the other night and he was like, man, he's like, we all we went to dinner with a group. It was my roommate who's in freight brokerage. It's uh, you know my other buddy who played in the XFL, and then it's this guy who does content stuff. Yeah, we're all sitting, that's a weird group. You know what the heck? Like we yeah. got a freight brokerage guy. We got you know went to Alabama. A great yeah. kid played tennis at Sewanee. My roommate Ed O'Neill. We got Jordan. Like it, you like it's this random group. And he was saying that didn't happen in L.A. Really, that yeah. it was always yeah. about how can we get somewhere. And again, it goes back to it. It's like, dude, if you just – what's wrong with just being cool with people? And the beautiful thing about it, I talked to another guy the other day, um, the sleep guy. I call him the sleep guy. Sorry, Todd. But Todd Anderson, <laughs> um, I did a little sauna, a little cold plunge session with him. And it was like we just had a great conversation yeah. you know, about life, about different things. And it's like at the end of the day, I walk out of there. Now I have a great relationship with him. Is it going to bring fruition in business? Is it going to bring fruition in, in life with different things? I don't know. But the coolest thing is when you do get those relationships, and here you are, we're, we're doing a, a podcast interview with you guys, and it's like I feel like I know you guys a ton better just through this podcast. Like yeah. We're kicking it for real, for real. Um, but it's like after that, it's like who knows? Maybe you know Andy has some opportunity that he knows I can be a part of. Yeah, dude, I'm like, going to need some help, dog. <laughs> yeah. Be the other way. Let me tell you, Andy <laughs> yeah. does need some kind of help, and I don't know if that's the help I can offer. That <laughs> counselor, you can go to a counselor. There's a therapist <laughs> yeah. I can recommend you to. Uh, I know. Uh, I know. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get involved, dude, and get out of my head. No, I think on top, like just going on top of that, like with us just kind of interviewing some really cool people this past year, at the end of 2023, I we look at it differently. You're like, it's just another person. But I'm like, dude, like we can't mess this up. This guy is freaking huge. Like, yada yada. And then it's like, I, I don't know. Like, we're not at that point. We didn't create like a personal relationship, but we kind of did. Like on the Mazda interview, he kind of was just smoking weed, and we were chilling as boys. Well, that's another thing. Like with somebody, like let's say somebody famous, like who it could be, whoever. Right? I think the thing is like. We might not be really cool with that person directly, but like for instance, the Jorge thing, I feel like we made a connection to kind of his group of people too. Like, yeah, yeah we can, we can't really call up Jorge Masvidal. Like, we don't have that connection, but yeah. the people he surrounds himself with, I think we're probably a little closer to than yeah. him directly. And I think that's kind of like a little bit of what you were saying, just like who you surround yourself with. I think him surrounding himself with those people, we found out that they were kind of really cool people just in general. Mm -hmm. And he just happens to be a tie to that. So I think that's where we just got to keep doing and, and creating a, a circle in which, or people just need to create a circle with people they really like just care about. And having that small or that inner circle 
you can reach out then to bigger circles. Yeah. And, that's yeah. The thing and I mean, Andy, to, to your, to tell you one thing is like, yeah, dude, get out of your head. It's easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to be, I'm just being real. Like you talk about it. Like, I think that's a blocker. Like I have tons of blockers. I have a shit ton of anxiety. I have like, you know, I've, I've battled with depression. I've gone through a lot of stuff that doesn't, people don't see on the outside all the time. You know, I get hate, I get like whatever, but at the end of the day, like you, you battle through those things and you realize, look, I'm looking at somebody, you bring in someone in here who's so-called big deal or whatever that you're like, you got to get out of your head and realize that's another individual. Yeah. They, they fight adversity. Yeah. I fight adversity. They, if, you know, they have love. I have love. They, they are like a person. I'm a per- It's like, you realize that you're talking to somebody. And I would say, if y'all have someone on here who is like, you know, bigger status that y'all are talking about. I would say, like, dude, the best way is like have an environment that lets them know, like, I'm not here to to get anything out of you except I want to hear your story. No, and I I think we're finally there. Like after that LA trip, we came back down here, and you know, even had another big name like that weekend right after, and I was like, oh wait, this we're kind of used to this. It was just very nerve wracking at first. It's kind of just getting to that world. Yeah, I'm sure. And like, yeah, holy shit, dude! Like we flew across the country, and like (laughs) now we cannot fuck this up, dude. Like, should I ask for the weed or no? Like, I don't know. I don't really want the pot, but should I try to ask for it? Um. Yeah, no, I think it's super cool, dude. And I appreciate the relationship that we have and obviously that you and Liam have created. But uh, I want to go back to uh, one question about Alabama. Can you name your uh, top five uh, athletes that played at Alabama? No. <laughs> he has too many relationships that he don't want to no. hurt anybody's <laughs> yeah, feeling. <laughs> got to get him on that one. Absolutely not, you what, sicko. Come on, bro. Give me a get- Sick, man. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm the worst. I tell people this. They're great for clips. They're great for a lot of things. I am the worst top five person of all time. I can probably tell you maybe my top five foods. That's probably all I got when it comes to like athletes and people are like, who's the best DB? Too many relationships. (laughs) It's not about relationships. It's more about that. I see different people. Like you look at Alabama's wide receivers. Everyone always asks me top five Alabama wide receivers because I play with these guys. It's hard to put them in a top five because every one of them has unique. If you look at like a, one of those like NCAA creative player, you know, one of them's got speed all the way up here. One of them's got creativity all the way up here. Yeah. They've all got work ethic all the way to the top. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's hard to decipher who's the best when they're at that level because I'm not I am not to the level of uh I don't have the football knowledge these guys, these analysts have. If I was one of them, I could do it because I could yeah. analytically say this guy is better for this reasons. I just played with the guys and I'm just sitting there and I'm still in just wow. You know, like all of them are impressive. I like to look at things like I don't I can't it's just I look at it as, you know, everyone, it's, they're all superstars for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And, and that makes it very hard for, you know, me to make this top five. Um, Did Dawson Knox, where'd he go? He went to Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you know him? So when, we, when I moved to – or when I finished up at Vanderbilt Masters, I was in a time period when I got my Masters at Vandy. was in a time period where I didn't have ball anymore. And that's all I knew for a little while. You know, I should have had my identity in Christ more in college, but I built a lot of identity around football and, and being a football player. Um, and so I kind of found myself in a lost period of time where I was just lost. Like, you know, for the, like, a, I don't think we all, I don't still know exactly what I want to do. You know, I know I want to have a family, you know, I want to be a father and, and a great husband and all of that. But besides that, I can't tell you specifically, like a lot of people have it, some people have it mapped out. I'm not one of those people that just knows and I don't I think it's a struggle for everyone to know and I think that's okay. I think we can go through life trying to figure that out, but I was in a time period where I really didn't have a clue 
who I was, what I wanted to do, where I wanted to be, you know, I was doing things. I always, I say one of the biggest things is to not stop doing things. Like, yeah, you need to sit and reevaluate and get right like I am mentally right mm-hmm. now, like doing that kind of stuff. But you never need to stop and just sit. You know, sitting, just sitting around isn't going to help you. You got to do something. So I started doing stuff and there was a trainer, Jeremy Holt. So I started training with him at Lipscomb. I saw that he was training. Um, Shout out to the alma mater. And stuff and so I, I went out there and just started training. I didn't know what I was training for. Did I really think I could make it in the NFL without really playing a college, you know, many college downs? No, I, I didn't necessarily think that, but I wasn't going to, like, take that out of the picture, and I didn't know what I was training for, but football is all I knew. So I got into training and then met through that group uh, one of my buddies, Cam Ordway, who went to went to Ole Miss, played DB there. Um, great guy, and, and I met Cam because one through training, but there was a guy, one of my best friends from Alabama, his best friend from high school played with Cam and was like, Mac, you need to meet Cam because of our connection and met Cam. Cam brought me to play beach volleyball. When I was at beach volleyball, I met a guy named Jordan Tommy, who's one of my best friends now. Uh, there were other guys out there that summer, Javon Patterson, you know, Bryson Hopkins, uh, my friend Brandon John, who I became friends with. So it was just being around that circle and then training with Jordan. And then Jordan and Dawson were good friends in college. Uh you know, Jordan was the QB, Dawson's a tight end. Sorry, my phone just buzzed, freaked me out. Uh, but then, so through those friends, then like we're going out together, and then like, oh, and then Dawson comes to play beach volleyball, and then Dawson and I become buddies. And now, like three years now, and just one of my best friends, you know, like, and it's, and I have a lot, I say like I have a lot of good friends, but I have like a, a smaller friend group that's like best, best friends. But it's really cool how, again, you just start talking to people, getting to know them, and, and, and you find, I like being around this person. We're very similar. You know, you enjoy time with someone and then, oh, like they bring in someone else who you enjoy spending time with. And so it becomes all very natural, like in in organic relationships. But that's how I met Dawson was through that group, playing beach volleyball, meeting my buddy Cam, who introduced me to some of my best friends. And Cam's a good buddy of mine as well. And yeah. Well, I was going to say to kind of start to wrap this up. I got a couple more. I mean, we've been going for an hour and a half. Bro. I don't oh, really? care. I'm, I'm good with whatever time. I'm vibing. Y'all got me in a vibe yeah, spot. Dude. So feel free I mean, all right. I'm just saying, I did, he said 30 minutes when he yeah, came in here. you did say here. 30. My bad. I forgot. You did say 30 minutes. I said, and no, 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 we're no, no, going no. for an hour and Look, 20 sorry, minutes. Sorry, it's one of those things. This is one of those things. You can't You can't overthink it. You're vibing. Dude, I'm telling the you. The guest is vibing. I, just let me look, keep vibing. He's a boy. Hadn't seen him in a minute. There's a lot of things running through my mind right now. One being the king gone or no? I don't know. You know, I have no... No freaking clue. He's gone. I have no freaking clue. He's he's gone. Raves is gone. What Henry's do you think gone. about the? Ti- are you a Titans fan? I, I, I really just. Uh, I'm not really a. It sounds bad. I'm not really a fan of like any team any or team. any it's like. like I just, just my just, friends. Just Alabama just like football. That's friends, it. You know? King Henry not number like one on that top five. I didn't Did play you, with D. You didn't. You it didn't. was the year before I got there. Uh, I will say his impressive stat was that supposedly he was really good at the basketball shooting game in the complex. He supposedly had the highest numbers mm. on there. I, I grinded on that basketball game. I got up there to one of the better players, but uh, couldn't top it. JK so we're not Scott. gonna we're not gonna pay him. Where do you think he's going? The Ravens. I wish I had more. So you're not even you're not even intel. into. He's not. No, I'm not. I, it's just not really my thing. Like. I, I like football. I still love, you know, football, what it's done for me, and, and still love the sport, like just just the sport, like yeah. what it did and, and, and like what you get out of it. But when it comes to like being a fan, I'm not really necessarily a fan. I think like I have buddies who play on teams. I 
that's their job. I yeah. go if they want me to come support them at their job. I go support them at their job, just like I have a job. And yeah. you know, it's it's fun to see them succeed for sure. That's who I, I like watching is seeing my my boys succeed. You know, whoever's playing. But not like I guess the Titans is mm. the closest. You know, but no, I don't really have any thoughts on all I that. He might be done. Um, I've heard you tell this story, and I don't. You can if you want, but I'm I'm looking for another story uh, of you and maybe another player one on one from Alabama that could have been funny. I am referring to the Mac Jones, and you're catching balls and boots or something. I've heard it, so maybe you got. And I don't know. I don't even want to. Let's just not even bring that up. But maybe you got something similar to that story. Hmm. Like, dude, can I tell you one thing, bro? Like when Tennessee went to uh, when Tennessee played Alabama and we almost beat you guys, I believe it was in 2016. We you guys came back in the fourth quarter when we had Dobbs. I think we we're up by like three. Do you remember this game? 2016, my sophomore year. We I almost beat them. King Henry came back. It may have been 2015, but uh, I mean, dude, I was an ATO at Tennessee, and then when I went to the house there, and then I had some boys that were in SAE, and then uh, Fi Delt. I mean, all of them were just mansions, dude. I, f- I felt like I did not belong. And then the covers at the bar were like $40, dude. I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to eat some cheese back home in Knoxville, dude. I can't afford this. But it was just a fairy world there. Uh, and I can't even really imagine. I know you hate talking about it, but you just being on the football team. Like, were there any funny stories that you maybe have with one of the guys in class? Or maybe you guys, you know, sneak around with any lady bros? Or like, I don't know, dude. Like, you got anything else? <sighs> Let me think for a second. And we're going to talk about the Lady Bros after, dude. Oh, God. <laughs> so, do you have any funny stories, bro? I'm trying to think. It's always hard. I used to have like a – I used to write them down somewhere on my computer and stuff. And being a couple of years out now, it's hard to recall everything as good as I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, How – like do you still keep up with a lot of the guys? Yeah, I still, I still talk to a lot of my buddies. You name someone, I'll probably tell you. I'll tell you if I still talk to them. I got any time, Tuddy, CD. Shoot him a text. CD Lamb didn't play at Alabama. What do you play? CD Lamb? Where did he play? That's now you're. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Amari Coop. Amari Coop, he was there before I got there. Um, you also have Devontae Smith on Devontae you. Smith. I got Devontae Smith. Slim Reap. Smitty. Yeah. What a guy. Man, he. Uh, got AJ's out, so Slim Reaper. Go to work. I'm trying to think. I want to give you something good. I'm just trying to recall like anything I can really why remember don't, that. Why don't you. Pull out your phone and text Nick Saban, or let's shoot him a FaceTime. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> and, um, this is where you have to realize there's boundaries. Uh, one is I don't have Coach Saban's number. See, that's also, uh, I feel like, another thing Andy would do. He would just be randomly FaceTiming. If you, like, say you get a connection with somebody famous, yeah, yeah. you would just randomly FaceTime and be like, what's I'm up? I'm trying to say what's up, dude. You know? I can't board He got to get the boundaries. Who would be right? if so, someone fun? I guess there's games. Do you have today. a girlfriend in college? Yeah, I had two girlfriends. I had a girlfriend my tail end of my freshman year, um, girlfriend tail end of my freshman year and into sophomore year off and on, and then I dated another girl tail end of my junior year into senior year. Um, mm. Yeah. Two and I know you were getting boys. athletic on the field, but were you getting athletic elsewhere? <laughs> All right, we'll skip that. <laughs> um, anything else from Alabama? Are you talking to any girls right now? Uh, I gotta keep, I mean, come on, bro. I, I want to give you something juicy, man. I just, I keep my personal life pretty on wraps. Like say like, like for, and I've been chasing women for way too long and I'm close to, we were just talking about this dude, Nashville, like no one's going to want a little young Twasington saying brother in Christ, like way too many times in the day. 
Um, There's someone but out there who may like that. I yeah. <laughs> he said may like Same that. Christ. <laughs> yeah, like brother-in-law or like soldier and cadet. Um, <laughs> I I just don't really want to go to the bars anymore, dude. So um, I don't go to the bars much. Yeah. Anymore, I don't really go out much anymore. If, um, I don't know if you can swing me something, dude. I'll see, what I, I'll see if I, I know. Uh, I'll see if I can put you on. Are you using the dating apps? I'm off them now. I was for a second, and then I got chlamydia. So, <laughs> God, this dude is wild. <laughs> um, seriously, bro. I'm not. I'm not. I know. I'm just saying. I, I don't know if I would put that out there. Just like I mean, it was like three years ago. That was like during COVID when I was up in Chicago, and I just kind of fucked up a little bit. I was trying to say my hellos pretty quickly on Tinder and. Because Tinder's like the hookup app. I was like, yeah, dude, let me get involved real quick. And uh, just got involved in the hospital, rather, per se, like shortly after that. So I've had chlamydia twice, man. That shit sucks. <laughs> You're, you've stayed clean, pretty much. <laughs> well, that, this, that was a lot for me to yeah, use right let's, now. Yeah, let's move Sorry on. Sorry about that, man. That <laughs> sucks. Yeah, it does. Shit um. Sucks. But no, I'm I'm kidding, bro. I'm just trying to. I'm just being weird right now. But uh, I like it. Yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think my girls in Nashville. I gotta go up to. Do they Jamaica Queens? Like, <laughs> I I love New York, bro. Like, I don't know, man. You know, there's a girl out there for you. I don't even really think I want one to be honest. Like that's what my point was gonna be. Like I was like chasing women. Like as guys, like you know, getting bricked up every now and then obviously but like dude i just don't i don't think it's the move dude i gotta start like working on myself and stuff and get right with the good lord and see like all the. what do you think about like all the aliens and stuff like do you think it's starting to happen like revelations and shit man i love going down the conspiracy rabbit hole i actually i like, i read it last night revelations i didn't know what the hell was going on i was like damn dude then they had then they had the party afterwards i'm trying to get invited to that party upstairs dude Imagine that's probably ten times better than that white party that uh, Michael Rubin has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you trying to go to that? Like you would go to that, right? Like what's yeah. like what's what's like the most like famous girl that you've like talked to? Like said what's up to her? Like the most famous chick besides Hannah Cook that you have on your phone? Oh my god! Come on, bro. Uh, dude, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, this, I see. This is the thing. Like I said, I'm, I'm different in the way of I want to give you some juice. I want to give you something juicy, but. So you're just I, a single dude. Just I'm a right single now. guy. I may or may not be talking to someone. I may. She's gonna be watching this, you know, dude. I may. I there's a maybe a girl out there. Um, are you looking for a girlfriend? Or are you kind of just still doing trying to do your own thing right now? Or if it comes, it comes. It's a combination of a couple of things. I think just like there's you know I always wanted. I was like, dang, like in college or when I was before college, I always thought I'd be married pretty quickly after college, have a family. Really? Yeah, I really thought I would have like a family, you know, and, and that would be like my main thing, like right after college. I didn't expect myself to be where I'm at right now, um, and I think it, at one point, whether it's last year, whether it's the tail end of 2023, whatever it is, kind of feel like a little bit like, gosh, I really need to get a move on. But at the end of the day, I think that like. It's, you know, when I'm acting like a boy, like I'm not going to find a, a woman, you know, I got to act. That's like me. I'm still acting like the boy. Wouldn't you say? I, I would say you have grown a lot, but yeah, I think it's. I definitely, every, this is the first year where I actually feel like I just went through a lot last year and like I'm starting and I live by myself for more than a year now. I've definitely matured a lot, dude. I didn't, I didn't even know myself in college. I keep saying this to you. This is the first year. I'm a late bloomer. Now I think I'm finally starting to mature and like realize this is a game called. This is not even a game, but it's it's called life, and you better figure it out. Stop, 
Stop Everyone's doing, to, hey. you know, stop doing the bullshit. You re, if I evaluate myself, I was talking about the Madre this last night. If I evaluate myself right now and this were my last day, ain't going, ain't going anywhere good after this, soldier. It's like that movie, uh, what is it called? This is the end. Yes, getting, bro. Did like, you watch that too? Beams. That They're was getting taken fuck. up by the beams and the guy's like, he's trying to go. He's holding on to the yeah. other guy. He's yeah. like going up and he's like, man, let, he like, let's go. And then he gets beamed yeah. and there's that like little like yeah. dinosaur. Do you think the aliens are real? Like what's going on right now? Um, well, let me finish up on the girl thing. Yeah, yeah, please. I, so I, there was a girl I talked to and in all of the years since the relationship I have, there was a girl I talked to. I'll put that out there. There's a girl who I like definitely saw myself dating, didn't do all the right things, definitely didn't act the right way. Um, and who knows, maybe that will, maybe we'll get other chances. Maybe things will come back around, but I, I, you just say you're just talking to no, him. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying that, like, there's – I've talked to different people, but I, like – there was a girl I really did talk to. But, I, I, yeah, on relationships, I'm just very private. I'm very personal, like, in the sense of I like to keep that stuff under wraps. I don't think – I would love to come in here and give you some juice, but that's, like, that part of my life. I'm very, like – it's not anyone's business until it's, you know, yeah. until it's official or whatever. And all that to say, I think that, you know, I'm not in any rush. You know, I, I think I got in a rush at some point thinking, like, I need to find the one. Because I, I really do want to be, like, it sounds weird. Like, I want to be a dad. I want to be, you know, I want to have kids. I want to coach their sports teams. Me I want to be, bro. like, that OG dad, you know, the fun doctor dad, you know. Like, uh, people always say I look like a dad. And I'm like, maybe I'm dressed for the job. Like I, dad, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a dad guy. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I love just like my nephew is amazing being around him. It makes me definitely every time I'm around him realize like I want to get there sooner than later. But again, no rush to find the one. You know, I always told myself Dawson actually told me a great thing. We were talking about it at one point and he told me a great prayer to pray is like, you know, especially with anything in life, but especially when it comes to a girl or girl you're trying to date or someone you, you know, you see a future with is like if it doesn't work out, like at the end of the day, the prayer, a good prayer for anything again is God, like, uh, I know your plan or like, let me think about this. I don't botch it. Sorry, Dawson. If you ever see this, um, uh, Lord, it's like, I know you're, ah, crap. You're botching it, bro. I'm botching it hard. It's like, um, is it a verse? Okay, it's no, no, it's not a verse. It's just like a prayer. It's like a praying, praying thing to repetition to get in your head. It's like you know, God, I know that your plan is is perfect for me, you know, and and I trust your plan. Yeah. It's like I trust your plan is perfect for me, you know, God, and and so like that's a good prayer I'd say for you if you're thinking about the women stuff and it's getting annoying or frustrating. I was just talking to a chick up in New York and dude, she just ghosted me like a couple of days ago and she was like. Like, honestly, TMI, like, just feeling me out. Like, you know, I never met her, but she was like, dude, come up here. And I just got ghosted, like, two days ago. That she had sucks. some, like, work done on her, and I kind of, like, was going on this journey with her, dude. And I was trying to get involved, and, yeah, ghost, dude. That sucks. Getting, uh, that, that's a bad feeling. That's, like, why do you think that is, bro? I don't know. I don't know. You know, my grandfather used to say a joke that I always thought was hysterical. The ghost is real, dude. Like the women have the power, bro. I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know about that. I think if you tell yourself you have the, I think both sides have power. I think like if someone ghosts you, you could say to yourself, "I'm choosing to let them ghost me." Yeah, my middle name ain't Casper, though, brother. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> this is a good, back to the one of the funniest things is look, you're never gonna know fully what's in. And, and look, a woman is never going to fully satisfy you. That was one thing that one of my mentors always said. He was like, 
Mac, like he had his wife and he's like, my wife is beautiful. She is incredible. I love her. They were high school sweethearts. And he said, the thing at the end of the day is you got to have a relationship with the Lord before you have a relationship with another person. Because if you trust that another person is going to always be doing the right thing, people fail people all the time. Even good people fail. So someone's going to fail you. So you got to have a good relationship with the Lord before you have a relationship with, you know, a woman. But, um, all that to say, my grandfather about the thing of why did it happen, I don't know. And this is a funny thing is he always used to say this joke, and he was a funny guy. He always like that was never funny. I kind of kind of got a little like a little bit of wit after my grandfather passed away because I realized how special it is to like laugh and and you know I, I like comedy now. But he would always tell me he's like uh, God asked a man. He said he would grant him a wish, and the guy said you know I want to have what did he say? He's like uh, he said I want a bridge to Hawaii. I want a road to Hawaii. I'm botching this joke, but let me start it over again and I'll keep botching it. No, but it, it. It's not take, that bad. Take your time, so man. God grants this man a wish and the man says, I want a road to Hawaii. And God says, I'm sorry. That's the one thing I can't do. Mm. And the man goes, you know what, God, I want to know what a woman thinks. And God says, do you want a two lane or a four lane? Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Good. All that to say, we'll never know what, what they think. And I, I can't tell you, there's probably these relationship coaches out there, people that can tell you reasons you got ghosted. But at the end of the day, I really do trust that like the right one, I'm a big believer in that, the right one, you're going to find the right one at the right time. And you're going to be so happy when you meet that person. And that's just what creates fuck boys, dude. Like I've, I've been ghosted so many times, bro. But, 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 whoa, whoa, but that's where you can't go. So what, I'm not what a fuck I, boy. Exactly. I used to be a lot more than I guess what people may perceive me as now, but like now I'm just like, damn. This bro. is the thing I tell him all the time. Like, I think he like goes on dating apps and and goes out on these. I've been on dating apps, and but like, like you try, months. you go and try to meet people and stuff like that or whatever. And I think he doesn't like. I'm a big person in thinking of like you date somebody to like. You're gonna end up. You need to have that mindset of dating somebody to like marry them, right? You don't just. I know it's it's okay to go out on dates with people every once in a while, but truly dating somebody you want to date them to like get married and i feel like sometimes with this guy especially is like people date just to date and he just he's not going to go marry that girl in fucking new york he was never going to do that i don't think but that was just something i'd like to get athletic don't think there's something (laughs) i mean you could get athletic but like something bad about going on dates i think that there's a lot of that pressure and i even found myself in that pressure a lot of times, like one relationship I was in, I was like being hypercritical and, and over judgmental. And it's like, why am I doing this? Because once I haven't had a girlfriend in so long. So that is what my mind is thinking that I might be marrying this girl. I think people need to take that pressure away. If you like someone, you want to get to know them better, take them on a couple of dates, feel it out. You know, yeah. what do you like this relationship? Do you not like this relationship? At the end of the day, it's like, look, it doesn't work out. Then you split your ways. It's, it sucks. Heartbreak, relationships ending blow. It's one of the worst things ever. But like, at the end of the day, you you got to know someone, you got to learn, you yeah. gain wisdom to be able to find that person that's perfect. For I don't you. think I, I I'm good for a relationship either. To just be completely honest with you, just from like my upbringing was pretty fucking. I don't even know where my dad's at. He left when I was like in eighth grade. My mom, and my dad were divorced way before then. So I think I don't know. I've heard it kind of. It's you know it's kind of what you see from your upbringing. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be a bad boyfriend, right? I gotta wait. I gotta wait, dude. Wait. You know, like, don't just figure it out. All right, let's get out of that. Last thing here. I want to talk about the aliens in Miami Mall. Um, The coordinates at the Miami Mall backwards were at a base in Antarctica. There's a lot of conspiracy theories on it. And then you just saw the 10-foot-tall aliens in Brazil. 
like two days ago on TMZ, bro. It's like Brazil's like kind of been a hot spot, like a magnet in the world for like these type of things, like you know UAPs and UFOs to like appear. Have you heard like about the Brazil stuff in the past, like 1996? Like, yeah. Anyways, uh, just look it up. I haven't heard about any of uh, the Brazil stuff. I, 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 I like I like to tell people I'm a lot of my work is marketing media stuff, and honestly, don't consume. I'm grateful that I don't consume as much mark or media as, as most people do. Like I, I like to separate myself from my phone, whether it's when I'm being with people, like being in the presence of like that. I try not to consume too much media, um, but who knows, man? Aliens could be real. I think you know, they are, bro. It could be. There's all these conspiracy theories that make a lot of sense. And what's getting scary is a lot of these conspiracy theories we've heard in the past are starting to come true, man. Yeah. What you going to do, man? What you going to do when they come for you? you I know. know. Dude, seriously. Mark Zuckerberg building the $200 million bunker. But that's a thing, too. And again, I was talking to my Madre about this for like an hour last night. And she was just like, I mean, it's it probably is like something is after this for sure. We're not just here for, for no reason. Like, you know, get your morals up, get right with that good little baby Lord upstairs. But like the people that are building the bunkers and trying to avoid all of this, whatever happens, what could happen, I'm not going to go to a good place anyways. You know, like it's, everyone's got an expiration date. Everyone's got a timeline, dude. So like trying to, you know, you get my drift, like just trying to avoid it, trying to avoid whatever might happen is like, uh, I probably should just not do that and just hang out and stay chill and, and just be prepared. If yeah. it does, I'm going down a deep rabbit religious hole right now. But uh, no, nah, I, I, that's what I think. At least, did I? Did that make sense? <laughs> I feel like this. Andy's just trying to get a lot of stuff off his chest right now. Like, did that make sense? That made absolutely no <laughs> sense to me. Shit, but you're trying. I see what I know. Good. What you were trying to say. Bro. My bad, bro. I gotta start reading more books and like start to like structure my sentences better. Not bro. Your bad man. Good. More time to get better. Anything uh, you want to plug? Anything you yeah, want to try I mean, to get I, out there? There's something exciting I'm working on. One of my buddies and I, uh, Adrian Nunez, who lived in LA for a little bit, originally from New York, uh, played basketball at Michigan. Great dude. Um, we're actually working on something pretty cool. We're going to start up a podcast in 2024. Get in the game, baby. Let's go. Um, we're getting in the podcast game, so that's going to be exciting. I think we're going to – we haven't figured out the name yet. We're working on that. Um, but we're getting some of the pieces together. We're getting some of the foundation together. Um, you know, the guy's awesome. Uh, I think we're going to have some interesting and insightful conversations with, you know, anyone from athletes to artists to God knows who. You know, it doesn't matter. We're just going to have – we're going to have some great conversations and rip – whole reason for me getting into the podcast space was I just love, again, like getting to connect and know people. And when you talk to them, it's like, okay, these conversations are meaningful. You know, we just talked about relationships. We talked about things that people want to know answers to. It's not like we have all the right answers, but we're, we're talking about it. You know, yeah. people know there's a struggle out there when it comes to it, whether you've struggled with your, you know, being in the hospital for certain reasons. I won't <laughs> say those things, but you've had some struggles and people want to, people want to hear that. I've struggled with relationships. I struggle with, with girl stuff. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's nice to have those conversations. And if you're going to have them, why not get them, you know, why not capture the moment? Why not have it so that other people can see it, can grow from it, learn from it and uh, feel more connected to the people that are talking. So yeah. excited about getting in the podcast game. Uh, I've loved hopping on any and all podcast. Uh, Bro, you've been like doing like a little mini podcast tour. I've been seeing you everywhere on social media. What what's going on, dude? Are you just I just I wanted on? to I wanted to get into podcasting, and I thought yeah. to myself, you know, it's a big investment. I, if I do it, I want to do it right. I want to have the nice cameras. I want to have the nice mics and, yeah. and stuff. And that requires me to put a lot of my financials into it. And I wanted to see how much do I really enjoy it. You know, I want to dip my toes in the water. I didn't want to just jump in and then end up. You know, maybe it's a little bit of fear of failure, but. I wanted to be able to see, can I do this? Can I hold conversation with different individuals? One, 
can I talk well in front of camera too? You know, can I like, is it what I enjoy? Do I enjoy, look, we've sat here for a long time. I felt like this has been a very short amount of time because it shows I enjoy talking to you guys. You know what I'm saying? And it's like the reason for the mini podcast tour was there was some podcast that had hit me up previously, but I was always like trying to do as a, you know, whether it be a little kid who's got 10 viewers on his podcast or yeah. something, you know, always wanted to do it is a, a nice thing. It's like, why don't I give this kid some of my time? You know, it's, it's like, I know he'll appreciate it. And so I've always liked just jumping on podcasts, but recently that's been the reason that I've hopped on a bunch of them and got something really cool going. Another thing I've, I'm working with is a guy is a Jack Vale. So he's a comedian. He's got this thing called the pooter uh, that he used to do. And Jack's the great guy, YouTube pioneer comedian. He's an actor. He's a producer. He's everything you can think of. Yeah. Um, but he wanted to, he's gotten a little bit in the podcast game previously and wanted to jump back into it. And so we have a great relationship and it's fun getting to know him and, I'm co-hosting his podcast, you nice. know, the Jack Vale show. And we've had some great guests and gotten to learn about people. And again, it's like, I'm getting to know him better, but I'm also getting to know the guests better. Um, every single time we have a podcast and feel connected to those people. So that's why I went on the big run is just to see, can I do this also to get reps, anything you want to be able to be great at, you got to be able to put in countless hours. And you know, this is a fun way to do it is getting reps, that's talking nice. to people. It's, you know, it's fun. It's, it's, it's you know, a good time. Thanks for uh, lending us the lights. I don't know if you want these things back. My cat, peed on the shields and i told you this bro i said you want the real answer or the, or the, the fake one you're like dude i'll forgive you so i mean you've lended equipment to us for the past couple of years and we do appreciate it and then uh last thing i guess uh let me know if like you ever go back to hawaii and like trying to hop on a golf course at like 7 a.m on a saturday again dude like i'll, I'll look it up for you bro you know you know what I'm saying? I'll give him a call for him for you and say, my guy's got to get on the golf course, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know it works, man. It works. Yeah, let me know. You know, I got a little I got a little sprinkle of skills here and there. So, you back do, here for it, man. Awesome. Appreciate awesome. you coming on, bro. Um, this was fun. And uh, I don't know when this is dropping, but uh, good luck with everything. Obviously, congrats on all the success, dude. And, uh, appreciate the relationship that we've built and hopping on the Man to Man podcast. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's been due, buddy. It has been due. Been due. I, uh, Liam, it's great to meet you. Yeah. It's a good little mix y'all got going on here. You got Andy, goes a little bit off the rails, but you got to love it, man. You yeah. need someone who's got a little energy. I love – Andy, I'll say this before we close. I love your energy. I, you're going to be successful at doing this. You will as well, Liam. And that's why, again, like you needed lights. Like I had some lights to, to lend out. I wanted to let you all use them and bar them because I, I love seeing when people go and pursue their dreams, and that's something you've been doing. I've been seeing you pop off on these videos. You just got to keep grinding. But I, I respect it and I see it. It's not, it doesn't go unnoticed. Like I'm seeing this stuff. I'm like, I'm seeing this guy in a bow tie with glasses on playing roulette on a casino, yeah, yeah, making yeah. some money. You're Dude, that is, that's funny. Happy, that's my actual job too. Like I get a salary for that. That's like, what I'm saying. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're crushing it. And I think that like, yeah. don't, to, to you I've guys. lost a ton of followers just from because uh, like before I started working at Playmaker, I was like, should I make another Instagram account or just go crazy because I was going to be the betting content guy. And I've lost a ton of followers. I don't think people like uh, really appreciate it, but like I don't really care anymore, dude. Like, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, you're doing great. You gain some in the same amount of time. You're doing cool stuff. You're getting to live out like a, a dream of yours and with a podcast, with your your new job and stuff like that. And I'd say like, like not only to you and Liam and, and just re repeat to myself, but like. Don't ever get caught up in, in comparing and like thinking like, you know, I, I'm not getting as far. Like we're crushing it. All of us yeah, are crushing yeah. our each and own individual way. And like people see it. People see the hard work. I see you making the videos. I see you doing the things. I'm excited. Like you have a good gift at bringing energy like you do. Thank you, bro. Um, and, and it's fun to be a part of it. Uh, come on this podcast, rip it with you guys, chop it up. And yeah. 
you know, I'm grateful you all had me on, so I appreciate it. We'll see well, now, you again soon. Yeah, I was going to say, now we can uh, afford lights, so we'll uh, we'll buy you some new yeah, lights, Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yes, we will <laughs> buy you a new set of lights. Uh, you don't have to take the piss shields. <laughs> yeah, we'll just keep those. And uh, But you can have your bin back. <laughs> thank you. All right, oh, I appreciate it, man. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you guys.